Listener production. Today's edition of Footy Talk. We dissect last night's 55-point win to the Western Bulldogs against the Tigers. But Jay-Z will give us his take on the big story with Marlon Pickett involving a fan. We'll also look ahead to the other games of the weekend and a little update on Squirrel Grip. That's all to come on Footy Talk. You're listening to Footy Talk on this Saturday morning, round 21. And as always, this is where you get your news, interviews, analysis from the world of AFL. And I'm joined by Jay-Z Clark as we take a look, Jay-Z, and welcome to you this morning. Last night's big win by the Western Bulldogs, 126-71, to 55-point win. They were pretty dominant. Jamara kicked four goals in the first quarter. The usual suspects, Bonson Pally, Trelaw, Liberatore, were all excellent. What did you make out of the contest? It was one-way footy, wasn't it? I mean, it was over very early. I was there with my nine-year-old son, who's a big Richmond fan, and fair to say, 10 minutes into this game, he was flat as a biscuit, Joey. So, um, I mean, Richmond has had this problem for a while. They're conceding a lot of entries into its back half, and last night without Grimes, the Bulldogs went in their first five and six entries and just scored, um, kicked the goal, shot out to a four-goal lead, and it was pretty much well over early. There were some massive... Well, there was a really big news story to come of it in terms of the fan interaction with Marlon Pickett, and um, we might get to that in a second. Marcus Bontempelli, well, we, we were talking about Nick Dacos as the number one player in the game. I feel like over the past fortnight that bat has passed, do you think? Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's those two probably. Petrarca's not far away. Bontempelli's continuing on. The, the consistency, to be honest, I was thinking about it last night. He's played like this for five years, yep. really, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just his level. Um, he was most likely the best player on the ground again last night. Um, he's having another wonderful year. He's, he's going to, I think, probably mm. fall into the Scotty Pendlebury category of being so great, yet mm. just doesn't win a brown low because of the level of consistency mm. and uh, excellence and consistency. But someone just bobs up every year and has just a slightly better year. It's sort of got a feel that might happen again. To Bonson Pally, polled 30 Brownlow votes a couple of years ago and still got beaten by Ollie Wines. Yes. And he's probably going to do something similar this year and maybe Nick Dacos, depending on how he finishes the next month, still might pip him, but the he's going to make it a race. Mm. The bridesmaid. Yeah. Uh, we talk a lot about Petrarca's power forward. Bonson Pally has probably got greater aerial power. Do you think he's a more damaging forward than Petrarca? Because we rave about mm. Petrarca's goal kicking. Last night, in the air, his body positioning, his marking, he looked like... He could have a 200-game career as a key forward. Yeah, I think watching Bont, though, he's better. A lot of his goals, he drifts forward. He pushes forward from the midfield. I think that's his go. It's always a bit different when you play as a forward and then you get a different defender and the, the way you have to set up and move is different. I like him drifting down mm-hmm. as the midfielder, but he's kicking goals again. I mean, that is his yep. strength. He, he's doing everything at the moment, but he's getting a lot of support. Like We've spoken a lot about Libba, and we're not going to go on with his, his underrated still because we, <laughs> we talk about how good he is, but Adam Trelaw is another yep. one you want to touch on that yep. I thought was a great point off air. He's yep. having a sneaky good year. Yeah, well, when he, I must admit, I've got to put my hand up here because when he got traded from Collingwood, my viewpoint throughout that whole story was, oh, I don't know that he's a huge loss. How, what is his defensive stuff like? What's his kicking like? How much does he hurt the opposition? And I reckon his first couple of years at Western Bulldogs with that ankle and a few issues, I sort of thought he was okay. I tell you what, every Western Bulldogs game I've been is one I watch pretty closely, and I reckon he is having his best season of his football career. You know, off, off the top of my head, I reckon he's been really consistent. He's an incredibly hard runner, and his damage. I, I just wonder, and you're probably you're a better judge, but I just feel like he's 
linking up and, and, and hurting the opposition a little bit more than probably previous. I reckon there were some junk touches, junk kicks, particularly in his Collingwood career. But to my eye, and I haven't done any numbers, I wonder whether he's hurting the opposition more than he ever has. What what, what say you? Yeah, oh, I, I tend to agree. I yep. think he's um, finding the balance with his kick and handball. I mean, he had the nine score involvements, two goal assists. What stands out for me is his clearance work. Like, yep. he goes under the radar. He's yeah. averaging, I think, six clearances a game mm. or thereabouts. So he, he, he's a point of difference to Liberatore and Bonson Pally. When those three have spoken about this a lot, when they play well, the Bulldogs generally yep. go very close to winning. Um, and that was the wheels. performance again. We didn't yeah. learn much about the dogs, I don't think, because we know they're capable of those yeah. performances. It's For them, it's about the consistency mm-hmm. and doing it against the, the better teams, mm-hmm. not the teams below them on the ladder. So a good win for them. It means they've almost assured a finals berth yep. now with a couple of really winnable games to come, including Hawthorne and yep. the West Coast Eagles. And it probably means Richmond miss out yep. from finals this year, which is probably where you get to with the inconsistency in their year. Liam Jones, important for the Bulldogs. He came in last night. He's just crucial. I think Luke Beveridge mentioned that Ryan Gardner was playing a little bit sore. That's going to be the big question. They go into a big final, a cutthroat eliminator. That's right. We know they can score. You know, Jamara last night again with Norton, et cetera, at the midfield. It's like, right, what happens in the back half? That is always the big question for them. And that's what leaves that um, that little bit of uncertainty. They're the hardest team to read in the top eight for mine. Yeah. I just they, – they are um, a really tricky sort of um, uh, prospect for Richmond – I was disappointed. It was a five-day break. I know they got beaten. Now, very good for three quarters last week against Melbourne, but this was um, this was over early, as we said, and without some of their their biggest players, which sometimes is a mental thing. So when you know as a teammate and you go, oh, no Dusty, no Grimes, yep. there's just that little subconscious thing. That, well, this is going to be a bit harder. Yeah, and that's how it looked at the start of the game. Yep. They played that way. Yeah, where you just slightly have that. Hesitancy, it does happen as a player. It's happened with me and, and teammates where, you you know, you miss some of your best plays and you feel like, oh, mm. and it just shows. And then you try and get yourself going and it's too late. So, yep. yeah, disappointing. I just want to ask you about the HIAs, Jacob Hopper and yes. Anthony Scott. Yes. Both subbed off. Yep. Uh, Jacob Hopper, there was a lot of conversation during the game that he didn't look happy, whether yep. it was concussion or not. Do you feel there will be a slight overreaction from the club doctors off the back of what happened with Port Adelaide? Oh, look, I think, Joey, to be fair... 99% of the time they get this right, mm. I think. So I think it's sort of adjudicated correctly last night. Maybe they were a bit more urgent. Yeah. There was a bit more sort of... <laughs> if there was any sort of seat of death, you are getting subbed out, weren't you? I haven't seen a doctor run that fast for a while. <laughs> um, of course, I'm, I'm joking, Dr. Hickey. So, look, um, I think that's how it should be applied. And they'll be having conversations last week at footy clubs and this week. Look, if you get the tap on the shoulder, boys, then then you're off. There is, there is no discussion, no debate. There is no doubt. I mean, we said on the Sunday rub, this is one of the biggest stories of the season. They made a mistake. They put their hand up, Port Adelaide. And it's probably, as much as you feel for the players, it's probably not a bad needle or reminder for the competition that this does need to be treated with absolute extreme um, sort of seriousness. So, yes, Hopper off. It'll mean you miss uh, next week. But, Richmond, what do they do from here? So, you're right. Um, McQualtick's still going for the senior coaching job. He's going to want wins. Is it a time where... The Tigers just have a look, a little bit more of a look at their list. I mean, yeah. they're under 22s are a question mark for me. They're probably not going to make finals. If they did, wouldn't have thought they'd do a whole lot of damage. How do they treat this last three yeah, weeks? Well, I think we've got to 
give them credit and say they are still playing. So, I mean, they've brought Jacob Bauer in for his second yep, game. Yep. Sam Banks has only played a handful of games. Yep. Coulthard got a start last night. Who I like. Um, you know, they brought Cumberland back into the side to see, you know, whether he's yeah. he part of the future or not, yeah. figuring out where, where he sits. And What do you think um, on that question? With Cumberland, he was frustrating last night. Yeah. My God, everything he did, he, he couldn't do anything right. Noah Cumberland last yeah. night, dropping marks. He snapped that kicks. goal. He snapped the goal, um, and then he tried to do some other things. So... He's a bit of an enigma for them. I'm, I'm not sure if he is necessarily uh, in their plans for next year or, or whether he's in their best 22, but they get a look. So mm-hmm. maybe they can play one or two more, maybe get Samson Ryan back in if he's fit and available um, now that finals are out of the question. But I think they've done a pretty good job. I think yep. there's been a bit of a little bit of overreaction about the Tigers' list and where they're at and what they're meant to do. Like when you've got so many senior players that are still playing, you've got to – you do it gradually, bring in younger players and tip out the older players. You sort of don't do it all at once. And I don't think that's the right way to go about it anymore anyway. I think you can still regenerate, mm-hmm. like what Collingwood have done, Geelong. like what Geelong have done for a number of years. And Melbourne are probably a team that are doing that as well mm. this year, playing some youngsters. So I think Richmond will be okay. Yep. Uh, and uh, we'll see how it all pans out for Andrew McWalter. Yep. Hey, we'll get to a break because I want to get your take on the Marlon Pickett situation mm. where a fan... Touched him, and we'll touch on that. And there's plenty of other news as well. So we want to get into that after the break. You're listening to Footy Talk. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Listener, please hit the like button and leave us a review or rating. This is Footy Talk. If you do have a question for us, make sure you get on Instagram at Footy Talk underscore pod or Footy Talk pod on TikTok. And uh, fire in a question. I'm here with Jay-Z Clark. Jay, let's get to the big story Uh. out of last night's game. And that was an incident involving Marlon Pickett and a fan. Yeah, so, I mean, we've probably seen the incident. Or if you haven't, Marlon Pickett goes to the uh, fence um, to pick up the ball or whatever. And um, a fan does lean over the fence and sort of pats him on the back. It looks a bit condescending, but the AFL over the next 48 hours will work through with that fan what exactly was said in the moment because the context of this is really important. And we've already heard Jordan Lewis say deserves a life ban and people sort of say, you know, two, three, four, five-year penalties. And I've got no doubt in any case this will be a serious ban for that um, for that fan. But I think the context of the conversation, the fans saying, oh, good on you, Marlon, and that's it. Well, then maybe it's a one- or two-year ban, something like that. If he said something menacing or venomous, poisonous, um, something that's unacceptable. Um, and, and Marlon did look a bit agitated at three-quarter time when he was speaking to Richmond's Tim Livingston, then I think the AFL will really jack things up. And then we could be talking about um, life ban. They've already said that for people who racially abuse players. It's a life ban. So if there's anything like that, yeah, it, it will be could be um, a good night for the fan. We, we don't like it. You know, there's that famous image, of course, James Heard hugging that fan, which is one of the great, pictures of and moments of the past 30 years. This is obviously very different. Marlon was agitated in the moment. He clearly, he didn't appreciate it. And, um, you know, he's he's soon facing another court date, over 12 charges, serious ones, including aggravated burglary. So he's obviously got a, a lot going on in his life. Richmond are trying to do an incredible job of supporting him through the obvious challenges uh, surrounding that. He is really a popular and beloved member of that footy club. But uh, this is going to be something we're going to hear a lot more about. As I said, the AFL will investigate, get some more context about what was said at the moment. No doubt they'll speak to Marlon about this, the integrity unit. And, um, look, I think as a minimum, Joey, and you, you pub test this for me, I reckon as a minimum this has got to be a, uh, a year or so, starting at a year or potentially two. 
um, and sort of work from there. What's your, yeah, what's your part uh, sniff test? Yeah, I'm not sure about the length, but a, a lengthy ban is yeah. fine and appropriate. And it's just a good reminder to all the fans, you just cannot do that. You can't yeah. touch a player. Um, I mean, we have more positive fan interactions in a game, as you touch on. Yeah. You know, players giving high fives yeah. after they kick a goal and, and yeah. those things. So we are very lucky in the game that we play that 99.9% of fans you know, yeah. take it the right way. But occasionally there is the goose that yeah. oversteps the mark and it's and he'll get punished and, and deservedly so. And hopefully it's a good reminder yeah. and a lesson for everyone else that this can't go on. But I don't think we need to overreact and, mm-hmm. you know, put up high fences. Some of the commentary we'll probably hear over the weekend or remove <laughs> the people sitting from the front row, all that sort of stuff. We don't need to... To go that far, but it that is an that, isolated incident. Yeah, that's we're, right. We've man. never talked about something no. like this in in six or seven years. That's right. So you're right. I think that context around it is is important. And we love when you go to the footy. Two weeks ago, I took my son. We sat front row, and it was he. His eyes were popping out of his head because he was so close to the players. So um, I think it'd be good to retain that. What about the other big news of the week? I want your take on mm. the squirrel grip gate yes. with Dane Zorko and Tuke Miller. The yep. AFL felt like initially looked into it, nothing to be seen. Dane Zorko comes out on radio early in the week and and sort of, as you say, again. Then the AFL go back and investigate. Now Tuke Miller's missing an important game for Gold Coast. So mm-hmm. this is still a chance at the footy they're playing yep. to play finals against Adelaide Crows. Now their leader and one of their best players is going to be out. How do you feel about it? Peculiar for me. Peculiar for me. Um, I think the I think quite specifically the goalpost changed in this incident. So on the first investigation, they get the medical report. I think it's sort of all clear or thereabouts. And then Dane Zorka goes and says what he says on radio. Clearly very aggrieved about it. The player's code is out. They've got beef. So he says, no, I can hardly walk around. They're, they're up near my um, ears, the old, the old uh, pill bag, and I'm very sore. And I, and I felt like it was an intentional accident. So the AFL says, right, we need to um, launch an investigation in this matter. They do another medical report, comes back worse, is my reading of the situation. Yes, there is more bruising and more more injury there. He is still quite unhappy. Um and then they, they make a really strong ruling that um, Tuke Miller misses one match. I find that part hard because if they've found him guilty of, of going for another player's pill, bur- pill bag, then that's three or four weeks, right? Because the groin is s- treated similarly to the head in terms of that. That's a serious misconduct thing. Mm. So the AFL have had it each way with yep. find, making him guilty and then only giving him one match. I think it's got to be a bit one or the other, to be honest. Um, peculiar incident. Um, the, the, maybe the first clubs want these MRO things done quickly. You know, come on, let us know, blah, blah, blah. So they run through the medical report wasn't that severe. And then all of a sudden it is 24 hours later. So it is tricky. What did you think? Um, oh, look, I think that Tuke Miller definitely just um, made him earn it a little bit more because <laughs> it was probably because it was Dane Zorka and they've got history. So yeah. I think it's fair that he probably got sanctioned to some extent because he did deliberately, you know, yeah. once he... And I also didn't didn't really think that Dane Zorko needed to do what he did publicly as well and sort of make it the thing he wanted. You know, he wanted Tuke Miller to either look bad or to get suspended by going on radio and talking about it on Monday. And uh, he's got his wish, but yeah, Dane Zorko has also got his own history as well of being involved in some sort of you know some incidents. So yeah, and I think those collection of incidents, sorry, Joe, make him one of the biggest villains in the AFL. Yeah, I agree. I think there is some real tension around that.
Um, anyway, all right, we'll move on because there's yeah. plenty of big games, right? So we'll quickly just talk about that there's GWS Sydney, St Kilda, Carlton, tonight's game, Geelong, Port Adelaide. Mm. Where will you be going with the storyline out of this weekend? What's the one that's intriguing oh. you the most that you think this is going to be the story? I don't think you can go past Geelong versus Port Adelaide. The Cats being done twice at home I think would be a remarkable result. I think uh, Jeremy Cameron and his shoulder is probably a bit of a watch. He hasn't posted a coach's vote since round eight, Jeremy Cameron. So we talked about him that first eight weeks, mm, number one player in the competition. It's been nearly four months. I'm using that. Yes, you like yep, that? Yep. Well, and like Brownie who rips off my stuff all the time. <laughs> so Jay-Z says this. Yep. Oh, I'm joking. Yeah. Um, and then I think St Kilda Carlton tomorrow is an absolute um, massive game. Carlton, form team of the competition versus um, the strategist in Ross Lyon who will have a clear plan for this. So I think the chess game in that, which we've got on the Sunday, Rub, uh, will be fascinating. What's taking your gaze? Yeah, for me, I've wrote the same thing. I think it'll be the Cats head scratchers. Yeah. I think Geelong win. And we just think, well, what does that? Where, what do we think the Cats can do? Are they going to be a threat? Are they pretenders? Yes. But they'll beat Port Adelaide tonight yeah, at reckon, home. Yeah, I reckon they oh. will. I reckon they will. And we'll be like, watch the headlines on the Monday. The Cats are back. Or uh, Port Adelaide, should they sign Ken Hinckley? Like, they, I reckon there's a massive fallout. Be four in a row. Four in a row. And everyone will be talking about Port Adelaide now. Yeah. And the Cats will be the team coming. So I reckon that's going to be the big storyline for me. What's your, what's your back page headline? Um, yeah, I, I think the, the Geelong Port Adelaide is the one. I yeah. mean, if if, um, if they lose two down there, the fortress is exposed a bit. And again, the Ken Hinckley, the ramifications. Port Adelaide are just hanging on to a home final now. And these fans, the red and blue mob, are sitting there rubbing their hands going, thinking we can get a home final. And if they do that, Melbourne, they get a home preliminary final, then they're talking about being in the box seat for another um, grand final with Brody Grundy watching from the sidelines. That will be one of the biggest stories of the year. Oh, it'll be a Melbourne Collingwood grand final and Brody Grundy won't be playing in it. Oh, I the, just thought about that. The camera will be, there will be a camera on him. He couldn't go. Could he oh, go or not? We'll talk about that when we get closer. That's a long way off, but yeah. it's a real possibility. Thank you for your time, Jay-Z. Of course, tomorrow we'll go around the grounds and analyse all the action from a big Saturday of footy. Until then, enjoy your weekend. Listener.